Jason Tatum drops 51 points. No one in Celtics history has scored 50 as many times as Jason Tatum history made. Also, the seventh win in a row made in Charlotte. I'll be talking about it all. What does this mean right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast? Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I'm here for you every day minus a little kind of weird kind of beginning of the week thing due to the holiday and the early start, but I am here for you Monday through Friday plus bonus podcasts with a free fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch the show on YouTube. You can join a growing Celtics community there in the comments section. Uh, I'm John Corrales. I want to thank you for making this show your first listen every day. I cover the Celtics now for Boston Sports Journal and uh, doing this after the Boston Celtics get their seventh straight win, 130 to 118 over the Charlotte Hornets, thanks to a casual ho-hum 51-point night from Jason Tatum. So uh, lots to get to with this. Let's bring in a special because it's the early early game. We get to do a special uh, podcast with Tom Westerholm because I'm not recording at 3 in the morning. Yeah, we're all celebrating a 1 p.m. start. Like just, yeah. I mean, what, like what's going to be the first sporting sports league that sees the Premier League and is like, this is the most pleasant experience that American sports fan can have. <laughs> Having a game on when everybody's supposed to be working, but you don't want to be. So you've actually, you know, you got something to watch like. Yeah. More 1 p.m. games. I'm I'm all about it. I, I loved it. I'm all about Jason it. Jason Tatum is all about it. Yeah, man. Stepped up for a 1 p.m. game. And uh, he just, I mean, obviously, let's just start with the biggest story here. He just looked, when you say unstoppable, I mean, sometimes people, there's a, there's a little hyperbole going in there. But he literally unstoppable in this game. Charlotte tried to blitz him. They tried to, uh, they tried everything. They try, and no matter what he did, aside from like early on, there was a turnover, but that's all I can think about. It was basically, uh, he, he just did whatever he wanted. Like literally whatever he wanted. It was uh, honestly, it was kind of funny watching Charlotte try to like handle him because like you, you felt for them, right? It's like, okay, like clearly Jade McDaniels is not a good match for Jason Tatum. Like he can't do anything about him, but like what other options did they have? And like Tatum realized that very quickly. I thought one of the best things he did was, you know, three of his five assists came in the first quarter. And it's like, that's like, that's one of the best ways that he can really just get a team off balance, show them like, Hey, you can't double me because I'll just, you know, I'll just start passing. And if, if you don't have a one-on-one -on -one guy who can stop Jason Tatum and you can't double him. Right. I don't know what you're saying. And he's making threes. Then I really don't know what you're supposed to do. So, um, yeah. you know, I mean, it's over. Right. And, and, and you know, so I, I think 
for me, like one of the big takeaways is if, if I'm Jason Tatum, I'm looking at that game and I'm saying to myself, okay, if I can get everybody else going early, like let everybody else get established because all your shots are going to come. They're going to come within the flow of the game. And if, you know, if you get some of those guys, you know, if you, if you get some of these blitzes off you by passing out of them, by moving the ball, even if it doesn't result in your assist, which, you know, it often did. Um, but even if it doesn't result in your assist, that's just, that's just cash down the line for you. Like that's just, that's just building up, you know, kind of easy money. Um, once, once the game is, is coming down the wire and they just, you know, you know, they got, they got nothing they can throw at you. Um, you know, if, if they can't double. So yeah, really that, impressive that, performance by him. That's the whole thing. And it, this, this does speak to some of the, the whole concept of chasing versus letting the game come to you. Yeah. And, and forcing things early. And and we've seen look, there's not a star out there. There's not a player out there who hasn't said, uh, you know, I have kind of a little off lately. I need to go out there and, and just see if I can find my shot early on. Now, I contend that that's not the way they should ever do it. They they should do a little more of what Tatum did a little bit in this game. It, it's, hey, oh, you want to double me? Okay. You want to blitz me all the way out to half court? Okay. No problem. Uh, that means you're going to have to play four on three with the rest of these guys. And you don't not notice, but there's Derek White, there's Al Horford, there's Robert Williams, there's Marcus Smart out there. And you want to, you sure you want to go play four on three because Jason Tatum minus your best defender, putting that, you know, or, or your two best defenders, putting those four on your three. That's bad. That's a bad, that's a bad trade-off, man. And you, you see them pay for it and and you realize like, oh, okay, we, we actually can't do that. Um, and, and then you're screwed after that. And so, so Tatum is, uh, playing the way a star should play. Let the defense go out and do what they're going to do. And then once the defense has to adjust, you kill him. And that's what he did this whole game. It was really impressive. One of the best games I've seen Tatum play in a, in a long time. And I think, I think you hit it exactly right. I think it, it's, it's the patience that really set it apart. You know, there was one play, I think it was in the second quarter where, um, you know, he and smart were up at the top of the key smart passes to Brogdon in the corner. And it's like, okay, so you know, smart just passed to Brogdon, who's being guarded by Dennis Smith. So you're already you're looking at a all-star potential, like all-star caliber player against a second string point guard. Brogdon gets by him, passes and like, you know, the help comes, kicks it to the corner. There's Al Horford, the best corner three point shooter in the NBA right yeah. now. Well, Horford, you know, so, so everybody closes to him. Horford swings it to Tatum. All of a sudden you've got a top three MVP candidate taking a wide open three. And it's just like, I, I mean, like. Tatum is, is you know, the, the quality of Tatum's teammates makes everything so much easier for him, when, especially right. when everything is just working in that kind of symbiosis, right? Like, like and, and I mean, Tatum is the engine of that. So sometimes you do understand, like you said, sometimes if he's off, you can understand why he wants to go searching a little bit, why he wants to find it, because this all starts with having a top three MVP candidate. But then the rest of the pieces around him, like everybody can do so much on the court. Everybody's so good at what they do. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a tough squad right now. Um, and they're 
Corrales, I'm just going to come out and say it. They are a lot better than the Charlotte Hornets. If they see the Charlotte Hornets Ooh. in the playoffs, I think they are going to win that series. <laughs> bold, bold take that the Boston Celtics are better than the Charlotte Hornets, who are uh, the 11 win Charlotte Hornets. This is Boston's. Hey, that's play in territory, man. That might be a first round oh, matchup. You never know. Third win. <laughs> it could be. It, it could, could be, be a first round matchup. Could be. You never know with these guys. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, look, this is the the exact example, and people might be sick of me saying this phrase, but I, I bet I bet the the regular listeners can repeat it with me right now. They know what I'm going to say. When you make the right plays, the right players get the right stats, and Tatum made the right plays over and over and over again. And how many times, like you just said, did the right play result in him getting a getting the ball back? Him getting another, him getting a better look at at the. And I understand, like if you're playing against the Milwaukee Bucks, it's not going to go like this. It's not always going to go like this. If you're playing against the Bucks, some of those early offense shots, you're going to have to take those because you know those are going to be the best looks you're going to get. However. Against the Hornets, you you got to go in knowing like, all right, let's just slow it down. Let's work it a little bit. And when the opportunity comes, I, I like at some point in 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 this possession, I'm going to get this shot. I'm right. going to get the one that I'm looking for. So that that I think is how Tatum gets the 51 points by just letting it flow and being patient and and letting that that jumper come to him. And yeah, he took 12, but I think he took 12 because they were starting to fall. He, he had 11 points in the first quarter. He was 0 for three from three. Yeah. So he went seven of nine the rest of the way, uh, and, and getting to the line, getting, getting to the rim and realizing like, Oh, these guys can't stop me. There's nobody there to protect the, the rim. Once, once you understand that, uh, it it gets pretty easy. Uh, let's. Oh, just let's real take- quick before you real quick before you throw it to break. There was one play where Mason Plumley, like I felt so bad for him because he was leaning so far in the wrong direction when Tatum crossed him over. It Cross just over, looked, oh, yeah. It just looked so painful. I, it's like, poor man. That's not what Mason Plumley's out there to do, man. He can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was not great for Mason Plumley. That was that was sick. All right, let's let's take a second. We'll come back with more here. Uh, but first let's talk about rocket money. You know, it's a new year. You got the new goals of being a little bit better about your money. You want to save a few bucks. You want to be better about, uh, being more prudent with your spending. Yeah. But you've got all this, all these subscriptions and stuff out there and you need some help to get a handle on things. And that's where rocket money formerly known as Truebill, comes in It is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lowers your bill. All bills, plural, all in one place. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions that they have forgotten about. Like me, I have too many. I got them all over the place. Uh, and those streaming services can just pile up. Those free trials that never end just pile up. So Rocket Money can easily identify those subscriptions for you. You can just hit cancel and they will cancel it for you. No sitting there, no waiting on hold. That's like the reason why so many people don't cancel. I just don't even want to call. So over 3 million people have used Rocket Money. It saves them an average of about $720 
per year. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions. Manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make Locked On Game to Game your second listen every day. Locked On Game to Game. It's on the Locked On NBA feed. It's one minute or so from each side of the game. So whoever wins, whoever loses, you get each side of the story. It's over there in the Locked On NBA feed. So when you subscribe to Locked On NBA, subscribe to Locked On Game to Game. Great way to get caught up. On the league, let's bring Tom Westerholm back in to discuss the rest of this game. And let's just start with this. First of all, uh, history for Tatum. He is now the uh, the most 50-point games in Celtics history. And uh, seven overall for him. Uh, five regular season. One in the playoffs. And one in that weird netherworld of... Yep. Uh, playing game, but uh, 750 point uh spots for a 24 year old guy. Uh, you just I know he has the benefit of the three pointer and, and and like Larry Bird didn't and all of that, but it's just remarkable the what, what he's able to do historically. Uh, you know, just yeah. just with his story, you know, at some point, and I don't think we've reached it yet. Uh, you know, he, you know, his, he hasn't led the team to a title or anything like that. But I, I'm curious at like, you know, if he if he stays, you know, assuming he stays in Boston and everything else, I'm curious at what point we have to start having really interesting conversations about where he stacks up in Celtics history. Because again, we're not there yet. It's been, you know, he's only, you know, he's he's young. There's, you know, he's got a lot of winning to do before we before we really get into some of those uh, conversations. But I sure. mean, if, if he keeps winning. If he, uh, you know, if and if he stays in Boston, they're coming because uh, he is he is just a really really special basketball player. And I know I'm not saying anything groundbreaking by saying that, but like, um, you know, this, like we we've we've talked about it before on this pod. Like these types of players don't come around all the time, and they don't come around often. Right. Um, I think you you know you when when you look at a, a player of his caliber, you have to start going back to like Bird, right? You have to start going back to those guys who were top top three in the NBA. The Celtics just have not had uh, most teams don't have those guys. You know, when you have a top three player in the league, most teams don't have that guy. So, <laughs> um, like, it's just, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's staggering to watch, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch it on like a night to night basis. Yeah, man. Um, I, I like the progression. He's such an interesting player as far as you know, the progression that he's made, and I, I make this comparison all the time. I always talk about him in, in regards to like Luka Doncic, who dominates and has this incredible feeling, just came into the league that way. And Tatum has grown into that. And, and I think they're in similar places. I still think Luka is ahead of him as far as just the, the way he can control a game. Yeah. He's not there yet. Um, so, okay. So he's behind Luka and he's behind Jokic as far as how he can control a game. And then, then there's like he's in that in that conversation. So where is he? The third best, the fourth best, the fifth best player in the league? Like that, it just it's interesting because you don't see guys grow into it quite like this the way they have. But it's that that's a conversation for like a, as we continue on. Let's let's get it back. Is, to but the- I just want to point out that growth makes it even interest. It makes it more interesting when he's doing stuff like that, like sideways lob 
to Rob Williams that he threw in the in, in the second half, right? Because like those areas of growth, you know, that that pick and roll, like that attacking these, you know, the these double teams and all that stuff, that all of that is is part of that growth. And it's the type of thing that puts him, you know, down the line on the Luka level, on the Jokic level. I mean, we'll see, but like that's that's kind of where it goes next, right? We know we can score. So when he can facilitate like that, when he can be that ball dominant guy who is also a scorer, who can also defend, you know, I think that's that's where this goes yeah. next to me. Yeah. So anyway. yeah, and and look, his ability to defend is 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 part of the big thing uh, yeah. with him. But it, you know, look, you get you get into this first quarter of this game, and you know, he's eleven points without a three, and he's finding ways to impact, you know, to to, to do. Not just score eleven points, but to to do other things and have those three assists. But you know, well, let's start with this. They open the game with uh, a, a Derek White to Marcus Smart alley oop. Where did that come from? Is it just one of those? Hey, we're gonna prove that there's nothing like people are. <laughs> anybody who said Marcus Smart, he he intentionally ran into Derek White. I've just seen a couple of people say that. Like, let, let's just get a, a play between those two. Just like okay, everything's good there. Let's kind of just show that off, and then we'll just go from there. Uh, just, just I, wild. Uh, side note: I did not know that that was a conversation. Uh, if you, if you, oh yeah, it's, that's it's, 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 Tom. Wow. Everything's a conversation online. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that was funny, man. That was, I mean, like, and, and you know, the, I think a lot of times you see the Celtics run something that involves when Robert Williams starts. You know, I think you see them run something that involves him a lot of the time early on. Just kind of get that, you know, get that first first lob out of the way or first, you know, like, like play that could have been a lob, but he, he moves it out of the way. Uh, but no, this, you know, like, I don't think anybody saw a lob to Marcus Smart coming like that. Marcus Smart is many, many things, but for an NBA player, he is not a bouncy, uh, uh, not a bouncy individual. So um, that was, that was very funny to watch. I, I mean, I think he's bouncier than people give him credit for. Um, but I get, look, as I, as I'm talking here, I have to apologize to anybody watching on YouTube. Because the way I'm, this is being recorded, I can see myself out of sync, and it catches up eventually. But all of a sudden, I'm like three seconds behind what I'm saying and what people are saying, seeing. So sorry about that. Um, it's throwing me uh, off too, guys. I promise. <laughs> it's it's throwing me off as well. All right. So this this game was almost like the the flip of the first game where the Celtics struggled early and in the second quarter they found themselves and pulled away and then in this one they uh they started off fine like yeah. so the first the first half was like the second half of the last game and then they flipped and it took it was kind of weird too because it took one of those positions where they got three offensive rebounds, two, three offensive rebounds. And it was just like a 30, it was a 37 second possession. And then, then they got the, the basket and that was like the deflating, you know, Clifford calls a timeout. It, uh, it was like an eight, two run. And that's kind of where they started to get a little bit of the separation credit to the, the Hornets for not yeah. giving up. But uh, the, the Celtics, I think let off the gas a little bit. They just like, okay, we're up. We're up seventeen here in the th in the third quarter. Like it's all right. We're good. And then you know, Plumlee has a different uh, a different idea, and McDaniel's has a different idea. And then all of a sudden, it gets down to two. But you know, they they responded well. I, I thought 
I, I honestly, I didn't have an issue. I, I thought that they were going to relax. This is kind of like par for the course. Uh, and I didn't expect that kind of fight from the Charlotte Hornets. I don't think the Celtics did. But, hey, when it came down to it, they went and they made the, the big plays. Luke Cornett was big. Uh, yeah. Derek White was big. Brogdon was big. Like, all of those guys were, were big in that stretch. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, it really helps when you have a guy who's going off. You know, you have a guy who – it's just like automatic, reliable offense whenever he touches the ball because he can either score or he can create, you know, out, out of like a, if they're double teaming him or whatever, um, you know, when the other team is kind of making a little bit of a push, when the Hornets were making a little bit of a push, it still felt pretty safe just because you were kind of like, like, all right, like yeah. there's, there's a, there's a button the Celtics can push here. Like if they just go poke that, you know, like, like do push the Jason Tatum button and then they'll be okay. And that's, <laughs> and that's kind of what they did. Um, but I mean, to your point, though, I mean, there were there were like a bunch of guys, especially in the first half, you know, Malcolm Brogdon had had a really, really good first half. Um, you know, I thought ha having Derek White back like I I'm I'm obviously very happy to see him back just for, for health reasons, but also just like sneaky been one of the most fun players to watch on the team recently. Mm -hmm. Just like if you just kind of like track his progress through the game. It's it, like he just kind of floats to the right spot, makes the right play and then floats to the next right spot and makes that right play like he's never. You know, he's, he's never like hitting the jet. I mean, you know, sometimes, but generally speaking, he's, it's not like he's like flying everywhere. It's just he just kind of has a great sense of where to be. Um, he's I, I've, I've really enjoyed him. I thought he was really good today, too. Um, but I, I think the thing that, that interested me most about that first half and especially the first quarter was that starting lineup, I think, probably needs to get some run. Like, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's, obviously it's not going to continue to start because when Jalen comes back, he'll be back in there. But. I thought that was a nice look, like a lot of defense, you know, some some solid shooting and plenty of outlets for Tatum. Like that's that's a tough lineup. And they, they'd only played 14 possessions before tonight, uh, before this afternoon, all season. So I'd be curious to give that a little bit more of a look with the double bigs and smart and white. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Missoula kind of works those rotations. And, you know, let, let's let's save this for the next segment, because. Um, one of the, one of my takes after the game was, uh, credit to Joe Missoula for finessing the conversation out of us that, oh, maybe, maybe Robert Williams won't smart, won't start like, oh, you son of a, we actually dedicated like a <laughs> podcast to that. And then you see him starting we always knew the start and, and, you know, Jalen and Marcus were hurt and, and all that stuff. But you look at him starting, you go, oh, of course he was going to start. Let's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save that uh, conversation for uh, just a minute. First, today's show brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting information, your stats, your news, your analysis, all that stuff. If you're looking to drop a couple of bucks on a game, you got to go to BetOnline.net because you get the latest odds, you get the trends, you get all of that for professional leagues around the world, amateur leagues as well. Uh, football playoffs, what a wild football uh, weekend it was. Uh, it's all there at betonline.net. They also have sports podcasts, which we know you love since you're here and you're listening to these words. It's all there at BetOnline as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head on over to the website today. You can do it on your mobile device if you'd like. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. So we're talking rotations here uh, in, in Look, you start with Rob, and Scal has been talking about this. The spacing has been better with Rob out there because you've got a guy that demands attention in the middle of the floor 
And so you can drive, and if anybody comes over, you lob it to him. It, it forces the defense into a decision. And four out is, is – I agree with Scal. I like four out better than five out. It's just a little bit more room to move out there. Yep. And it, it does it does force defenses into some decisions. Uh, Rob was very impactful early. I think we're seeing Rob making impacts early, and then when, when teams worry about him – Maybe he has a little bit less, like the, the lobs aren't there all the time. But there's still there's still kind of – he has a huge impact in this game. So after, after the game, like I said before, I wrote, like, nice, nice job, Joe. You finessed this into the conversation. But it's very obvious that he has to start. But now you, you have when, – when Jalen comes back in a week or so, you have this conversation of, well, who is better to start the second quarter? And do you, because of this lineup that you just saw, you have Tatum and uh, Derek and Smart with the two bigs. Well, if you just sub Jalen out, if you move Derek to the bench, you sub Jalen out and you put Derek in there at the six minute mark, it's only, it's only six minutes into the game and you let that run for the next few minutes. And then, then you can bring Jalen in and Tatum out, and maybe you have Jalen and Derek in there for a little stretch with Brogdon and however else you want to run it. Grant and I don't know about Sam Hauser at this point, but <laughs> do we wanna do we wanna take a second as a diversion to, to like apologize for having the redraft conversation about Sam Hauser? No, you're no. digging in. You're digging I'm in. Dig it in. I'm digging it. The shot's gonna come back. You think he's this bad at shooting? I don't think he's this no. bad at shooting. I think it's coming back shooting. around, and when it does, he's going to be a useful rotation player again. Okay. All right. We'll 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 leave it there. That's fine. <laughs> I need it to happen, man. People are starting <laughs> to chirp me. People are starting to chirp me on Twitter. It's uh, it's going to get ugly if he uh, yeah. if this continues, and I'm going to so, deserve it. <laughs> yeah. All right. But okay. So I'm very curious to see. Do you still go with? Because because Missoula's kind of hinted that. Jalen with the second unit is like starting the second quarters with Jalen and Brogdon and however you want to run that second unit is kind of a thing that he's trying to do or, or starting to do. So I, I'm kind of curious to see how that all plays out moving forward. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely. And I think, um, so in, in your, in, in, in your starting lineup, then you would have the, the, the double big with Jalen, Jason and smart. Yeah, that's Jalen, Jason thinking. smart. Jalen, Jason, smart, and double big, and so then we're not, we're not we're not totally ready to talk about Al Horford coming off the bench yet. I understand. I understand. Okay, so no, I, I I think Al is just such a smart player. I'm I'm not ready for Al Horford to come off the bench. That's um, reasonable. You know, let's let's do this. Let's just save this because we're talking about a post game here, and we're drifting into <laughs> great fair. day off content. Let's just save this. We'll save this for tomorrow, and 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 kind of like. They're not playing tomorrow. Tomorrow's a travel day. They got a couple days off. The dreaded two days off before a game for the Celtics. Let's just let's just focus on this game because what we've seen in this game is I like the double bigs. I like the way they work yeah. together. I like that you know Al has been able to uh, make an impact, and you saw one one bit that that dunk that he had late in the game. I forget third or fourth quarter. The dunk. It's the one dunk that he had. When you see a team kind of like worried about, oh crap, there's Al Horford, and he's able to put the ball on the floor and make a play like that, 
when you've got the floor spaced. So, and then at the same time, he had the same exact play earlier where he threw a little lob to Robert Williams. Yep. And that you just, the first play was the lob. And so then the next time he did that, they stuck with Rob and he's all right, fine. I'm just going to dunk it on you. Then that's the impact that Robert Williams has on the game that you don't see in the box score. You don't see that. So I, I like, and, and, and just Al Horford is just so smart. I, I can't yeah. believe I talked myself. I did the same thing. I said, well, let's talk about it tomorrow. And I made my exact argument today. Um, yeah, but that's, but that, that was a, that was a big moment for Al. Absolutely. And I, I think it, it's been fun to kind of watch, you know, when, when you, before the season, when you are like, you know, you can talk about talk and talk about, okay, like Al Horford can do all this. Rob Williams can do all this. Those things should work nicely together. And then it's fun when, when it actually happens. And like, you just like watch it and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's how that should work. It should, you know, like the, the one guy is really good at, at shooting threes and moving the ball around the perimeter and passing out of the short roll and all this stuff that Al Horford does so well. And then the other guy is, you know, this really, you know, he makes these kind of odd passes that you wouldn't, you know, necessarily see coming, but like they, you know, they, they kind of scramble the defense, but he's also like, you know, two feet above the rim and he's, you know, just hanging out in the dunker spot and he's giving you all this vertical spacing and, you know, just that pairing on paper should work as well as as it is working, um, which which is cool to see. Uh, I looked up the the numbers last year. They were uh, they were you know 14 points per 100 possessions. Um, outscoring about that two man lineup was outscoring opponents by 14 points. Um, this year it's 13.1. Like we have we have two years of essentially the exact same evidence that um, this double big lineup is is really good and um, you know it's 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 fun to watch. Like it just it makes a lot of basketball chemistry geometry type sense um and uh yeah it's uh it, it's good i i think i i think that uh missoula did hoodwink us and part of that is because <laughs> part of that is because they have so many good players on this team that you could make a pretty logical case for a lot of guys to start um sure but like this is this is what it should be these two guys is is probably what it should be yeah, they do have a lot of good guys. They've got a lot of great players. <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, uh, who did all his damage in the in the first half of this game, but still was pretty good. Nice yeah. to see Malcolm Brogdon's shot coming back. Look, the Celtics, I, I feel like one of the, the beauties of this seven-game winning streak, after all of the stuff that they went through. So they go through, they have this big beginning to the season, and then they play the Warriors, and they they hit a real skid for a few weeks. And side note, I can't believe people are pushing back on this, this notion that the Celtics have had a, a little bit of a spiral against bad teams. Like they've had a bunch of games against teams that they should have beaten and they didn't. And for some reason, people are like coming back at me saying like, no, 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 Orlando's actually, you know, Orlando's actually not bad. And okay, see, look at all the teams they're beating. Like, come on. Like they, they but the Celtics, just they're, they're the best team in the league. Anyway, another diversion for me. Uh, it's it's in this seven game winning streak. It's been a bunch of different ways to win a game, versus at the beginning it was just shoot the crap out of the ball and just beat everybody by shooting fifty something percent yeah. and forty something percent from three. They've won games in this seven in these seven games by shooting twenty eight percent. In this game, they've shot forty six and a half percent. Uh, Tatum was seven of 12, but you get four of eight out of Brogdon. You get three out of seven out of Derek White. You get two out of four out of Horford, two out of four out of Grant. 
Um, you so they they've been able to win these games in a lot of different ways, and I think that's the growth of this team. And you can say the stuff that they went through was actually pretty perfectly timed because you learn those yeah. lessons at the end of December and you apply them in January and you go, okay, now, okay, now we get it. We don't, we don't have to shoot lights out to, to win anymore. Well, not only that you've built yourself uh, perfectly times because you started the season red hot. You get yeah. all, you know, you get yourself a nice little lead in the standings to where a little slip, doesn't really matter. You go on a nice seven game winning streak and you're back up to, you know, four and a half games above whoever's in second place. Like that's uh that's, that's just perfect timing that way. But to your point though, I mean, that's exactly what Missoula said after the game. That was, you know, like his, his biggest takeaway is like, they are finding ways to win in a bunch of different ways. Um, it's not just the shooting. It's, it's the defense. It's, you know, it, it's, um, you know, kind of all, all these, all these different things that they can do now that they've, that they're starting to get all their guys back in the lineup. Um, they can win when guys are out of the lineup, right? Like they can they can win without Jalen. They can win without without Smart if they need right. to. They can they can win without Derek White for most of the second half if they have to. Like they they've got all of these different ways that they can do it. Peyton Pritchard can come in and pitch in a little bit. All these different things can happen, um, and uh, and they can still win games. So um, yeah, I mean, it's just this this current stretch. If I'm the Celtics, I'm feeling so much better about this because. When they were yeah. shooting, look, as much as I keep talking about like Sam Hauser is going to get his shot back, 58% or whatever they were shooting from three just was not going to continue to sustain. Like that wasn't like that wasn't ob like obviously that wasn't going right. to continue no matter how good the ball movement was, no matter how much, you know, how much they collapsed right. the defense wasn't going to happen. But this this is I mean, this is different. Like like these wins that they're getting are are sustainable. They are, you know, showing like how good this team is as a collective, how good their individual players are. Um, and when you when you start to put together all those pieces, everything just makes a lot more sense. Jason Tatum drops 51. They win. Jalen Brown drops 40 plus. They win. Malcolm Brogdon, 30 points off the bench. They win. Yep. And like this is this is now I'll end it with this. Think about the rest of the East. Here comes Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Here comes Brooklyn. They're within a half game. Oh, my God. Then Durant predictably gets hurt. I mean, it was, it's, you know, a weird injury. Like, he, somebody, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler fell into him. But regardless, they weren't going to stay healthy. And here they are. Lose a couple of games. Now they're four and a half games out all of a sudden. Milwaukee, Giannis misses a few games. Four and a half games out. Philly. Hey, Philly's got their act together. They've won seven out of ten and two in a row. Can't make any progress. Still five games out. Cleveland hits a little bit of a skid, a little bit of 500 basketball. Five and a half games out now. This is where the great teams separate themselves. And it's a missed opportunity for the rest of the league to say, you know, you had you had Boston and they 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 went through their crap and now they're they're figuring things out again. Nice that they they are facing a couple of bad teams along the way. Nice that they've been able to figure it out. But uh, the way they've been able to figure it out has been this. This might be the most encouraging stretch, even if even though it's two wins against Charlotte, it's the most encouraging stretch for this team because it's just it's been a little bit of everybody. Tom, just go down the list. Just go down the Tatum impact, Alfred impact, Robert Williams impact. In in these two games, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Grant Williams. Well, maybe Grant not so much. 
<laughs> he, he's got to get rid of those floaters. Uh, Brogdon, <laughs> Pritchard not great in this game, made an impact. Sam Hauser, okay, he hasn't had a great game. Luke Cornett, Celtics don't need another big. They got Luke Cornett in there. He's playing great in that role. In, yep. in the role that he's being at, 11 minutes of Luke Cornett, plus six in those 11 minutes, perfecto. Love it. Yep. That's awesome. Like they're, It's not perfect, but they're winning, and that's that's the big thing. That's that's, that's, the big, yeah. that's that's the big thing. That's that's what you're trying to do in the NBA, John Corrales. The National Basketball Association. Or, as the cool kids say, the association. The association. <laughs> the 2K kids say the association. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm ending my association with Tom Westerholm for this podcast. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks to Tom Westerholm for hopping on. Love the uh, early... The early game allows us an early recording of the podcast. Thank you for hopping on. Sorry for the technical issues. Just don't know what's happening there with the the out-of-sync stuff. It's, it's going to be a little odd uh, in this one. Try to fix it if I can figure it out. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I hope if you are not a subscriber, you enjoyed it enough to subscribe. If you are a subscriber, I hope you enjoyed it enough to share the podcast, spread the word, tell your friends and family and i don't know enemies whatever that they should be listening to and watching the lockdown celtics podcast right here on the lockdown podcast network your team every day <laughs>